Hi guys, welcome to King's Arms Church Online. My name is Bronwyn. And my name is Kirsty. I am a member of King's Arms Youth here. And I am obviously not. I am, however, celebrating a parenting win this morning as a parent of the King's Arms Youth because my daughter is not in her pyjamas. Unfortunately. Anyway, a particularly warm welcome to those of you who are new. You can find out more about us on our website, which you happen to be already on. Indeed. And if you'd like to make contact uh, and connect with us a little bit after the service, you'll notice in the chat down the side of your screen, there's information about how you can connect with us across Zoom for, uh, for that kind of coffee and chat afterwards. It's really great to have you uh, with us. It's a privilege to be uh, in your homes this morning and I hope you're really going to enjoy the service. We've got um, a short time of worship lined up followed by a couple of notices and then we've got a guest speaker. So sit back, enjoy and relax. Over to Jess for the worship. Jesus, we just thank you that you are here. We thank you that you are constant, that you are the same yesterday, today and forever, that you're worthy of our praise at all times. And we just want to lift our hearts and our eyes to you this morning. We want to bless your name. We want to give you glory. We want to declare that you're worthy. You're everything to us, Lord, and we praise you.
Yeah, Lord, we just love to be where you are. Thank you so much, God, for your presence. Thank you that uh, your word is a is a lamp unto our feet. Thank you, God, that your your name is like honey to our lips. Thank you that you lead us and that you guide us. And there's no better place to be than in your presence, Jesus. Just thank you for being with us this morning. And just pray that you continue just to inhabit our hearts and minds as we share this time together. In your name, Lord. Amen. 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 It's good to worship together, isn't it? It's great. Cool. <laughs> so this is the part of the service where we usually take up offering. I, as a member of King's Arms Youth, have benefited greatly from this, which has provided us many opportunities to go to various events and also to support our amazing King's Arms Youth team. So thank you so much if you have given to us. Um, you can give today by clicking this button. Not me. Not the button. The button. button. I'm, I'm thinking, the yeah. button. Yep. Also clicking the link. Very good. Thank you very much. Your generosity um, is hugely appreciated at this time. Now, uh, last week we had a little uh, family moment where we encouraged people to send in video clips of... Uh, the environment in which you and your friends and family are enjoying the service this morning and if it's anything like in our household it can be a whole variety of experiences from people in their pyjamas to the dog to eating breakfast to having been up for quite a while and so we've had fun kind of putting together some of those shots of the different ways in which people are enjoying King's Arms online at the moment and we thought you'd like to have a little look at them so here they are. so nice to see some faces outside our own households so we're going to do another challenge this week we're going to press pause for 30 seconds you guys can take a photo of yourself pulling a silly face of some kind it's a good one mom i haven't started yet okay so go for it with your phones give us your best silly faces and then send them in to us to the links that are on the screen go seeing some of those photos Bromley and I were just saying today as we were preparing to record this uh, just imagine that you're looking at all the faces across the auditorium at King's House as we're talking and uh, we do really sorely miss seeing all those faces and are really carrying you in our hearts at this time so do send the pictures in it's just great to have a reminder of uh, what you all look like with your lockdown hair like mine which Bromley is threatening to cut very soon um, anyway on we go we have a great treat in store for us this morning um, a great friend of ours Toppy who leads the Jubilee Church in London is going to deliver a message for us today he was due to be speaking anyway in this season and has kindly agreed um, to record a preach for us and send it for us to listen to so we are really looking forward to hearing from you over to you Toppy well, good morning to you, King's Arms. It's a joy for me to be with you, to be able to share with you like this. And um, it's, uh, I'm just so glad because uh, I love your church, love your pastors. And in fact, your pastors and your church have been such a blessing to us, uh, Jubilee Church London. And so to be able to give something back is a good thing. So I'm glad. And so wherever you are uh, joining us from, whether you're a part of King's Arms Church or whichever part of the world that you're joining us from, you are so thoroughly, thoroughly welcome. And uh, we're glad that you have come. Well, I'm going to share a few things with you this morning that I believe will bless you. But first, I'm going to pray. 
Our Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together, albeit in our homes, while all of us bowing to you, the one Lord and God, King Jesus. And I pray that this word this morning will bless my brothers, my sisters, and everybody else who is listening, that at the end of it, let us be built up and edified, and may Jesus be glorified. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Well, you know, in the Psalms, the psalmist says, do not be afraid of sudden terror. The Lord is your confidence, and he will not let your foot be caught. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, because the Lord is your confidence, and he will not let your foot be caught. I guess I'm quoting that verse to you from the book of Psalms, chapter 3, verse 25 and 26, because these really are very different days. Uh, they are truly unprecedented days. And by way of all that is going on around the world, the pandemic, that I thank God it looks like the numbers of deaths and the infections seem to be going down. And to God be the glory for that, as I believe it's a response to prayer and response to the uh, guidance we've all been given as a nation. But nonetheless, uh, these have unprecedented um, days because in many ways they have been tragic days, days, tragic on account of deaths that have happened. And, um, and for me personally, there are many things of sort that I've seen and heard that make you think, my goodness me, this truly is uh, a sad season in many ways. And yet there's good that God wants to bring out of it. But nonetheless, we, sh can't, we shouldn't move on too quickly. We shouldn't ignore what has happened. I heard about in America, nine, something like nine different pastors who have passed away as a result of the virus. I think about our own nation and all that is going on. I think about our own city uh, where I'm preaching from, our city of London, where it's very much been the epicenter of the virus infection in our nation. I think about our own church, Jubilee Church, and all the, our locations and sites uh, happen to be near fairly large hospitals, uh, fairly sizable hospitals, and so many of our members, uh, they work in the healthcare industry, they're first frontline uh, responders, and uh, we've had to learn to call to the Lord uh, freshly and with intensity uh, for God to preserve life and cover them. And uh, uh, nonetheless, there have been things that you just know this is not what we were hoping for. Uh, for me as a pastor, I've done two funerals in two weeks. Uh, uh, you th it just makes the whole thing come uh, freshly to you and you feel just the unexpected nature of all of this the drastic and sad nature of all of this, the despair that it brings to people. And I think as one has walked through some of the journey with some of the people, we see the sudden fear. And that's what I want to speak about very briefly with you today, sudden fear. Well, sudden fears are, come to us all. In fact, fears come to us all. And fears are very natural. Uh, there, there are some natural fears that come to every human being because it's built into us. The fear, I mean, I'm told that a baby, a newborn baby, if you attempt to drop it, just, just reflex actions that come into play as the baby immediately wants to take evasive actions. It's innate and natural to us. But then there are other kinds of fears. There are phobias, which are irrational fears. Fears, fear of spiders and fear of flying sometimes that people have. There are... Uh, uh, then situational fears, one might say, things that happen in life, circumstances unexpected that come, that when they come, they're tragic in the way that they are. And it happens at one time or the other to anyone, to everyone. And they have a tendency to shake us to our core. And there are different reasons for these kinds of fears. First of all, uh, they are, uh, they are, it's when life-shaking events happen, bad news, failure of some kind of loss of a job. And uh, we've seen more people in our food banks uh, over these past few weeks than, we, than probably the whole of last year put together. 
and uh, life-shaking events, or sometimes it's life-changing events where something so negative, a diagnosis from a doctor, and you suddenly realize you're in a battle you were not prepared for or expecting or seeking or wanting. Fear of man, fear of the future. But then there are also life-threatening uh, events where you feel like something is trying to take your life from you, not just to slightly disrupt it, but it's completely obliterated. And so these, these fears come from different places. And as human beings, we, they show our vulnerability. Uh, they show our frailty. We come apart easily. They show our fragility. We're easily broken. They actually show our humanity. That is to say that we are not God. And moments like that make it clear to us. And the Bible never hides uh, this fact away. The fact that some of his greatest heroes, they had moments of real sudden fear and then ongoing fear. Whether it be Abraham when his wife is suddenly taken. Or whether it be Jacob who wakes up with a different woman he wasn't expecting. Or whether it be Job who in one afternoon lost everything including his children. And in fact says, what I have feared has come upon me. Or maybe even it might be Jesus in the New Testament in the Garden of Gethsemane actually says, uh, if it be possible, let me this cup be taken away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, speaking to the Father. And so it is important for you and I to learn how to handle these fears. Because at some point or the other, like I say, it does come to us. And therefore, we need to learn the biblical way to respond to fears. Otherwise, the effect of fears can be mental illnesses. The effect of fears can be physical illnesses. The effect of fears can be spiritual illness. And when I say spiritual illness, it reminds me of what Jesus said, John chapter 10 and verse 10, where he says, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And in that verse, Jesus shows a threefold ministry of the enemy, where the point is this, some natural things can happen in life, they can create fears in us, but if we don't handle that well, there's a vulnerability that the enemy tries to capture, capitalize on, and enter in, and then make it an ongoing life extinguishing thing. That's why Jesus said, huh, when the enemy comes, comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To steal gifts and blessings and things that God has done from the past. To kill, he wants to kill hope, that is the that hope for the future that the Lord has promised. To destroy, to bring some kind of collateral damage from generation to generation. He wants it to be ongoing. And this is never God's intention for us. In fact, the Bible starts off for the Christian that you've been brought into a life of victory, a kingdom that you can be triumphing in ongoingly. And so the, it is important for us to know that, yeah, fears are real. And then to understand that there are different responses to fears. Uh, some people freeze in the face of fears. You, it's some kind of uh, uh, physiological paralysis, as it were. Uh, you've ever you've had a dream where something negative is happening. You want to wake up and either run or deal with it, and you don't seem to be able to do that. Well, that's what we're talking about so when it comes to responses. Some people tend to freeze. Some people tend to fight. And, and in fighting, uh, uh, which, which sounds like good, that's a good thing to do. And it is. I'll come to show how the Bible tells us to deal with it. But sometimes if we're just fighting, it can be a reaction to a negative news. But it's a fighting that is kind of like aimlessly. Where Paul says, for example, 1 Corinthians 9, he says, I don't fight aimlessly. Okay, I don't, sh I don't box uh, in the shadow, in the dark, fighting an enemy that I cannot see. And sometimes when there is fear, people fight, but they're fighting the wrong thing or the wrong people. You've, ever, you've heard people say things like, right, that's it, we're leaving. Right, that's it, that's it, that's it, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm angry, that's it, we're, we're stopping. That's it, we're not seeing them anymore. That's it, we're not going there anymore. That's it, we're not. Just sudden, immediate, reactive responses that may not be spirit-led at all. And so some people respond by freezing, some people respond by fighting, but then some people respond by fleeing. They just want to run away from whatever the situation is. Well, each of these responses are not the way that God has called you and I uh, to, do the, to, to, to do the battle. Because, you see, when it comes to freezing, that is just uh, uh, surrendering without a battle. We haven't been called to that. 
to fight without thinking it through from the Lord. That is to have confrontation without true vision. That is not the way the Bible has taught us. Or just to flee is to have movement without direction. That is not the way that the Word of God has taught us, the Christian. But it's actually because of the fleeing bit that I, re- that I want to reference the story of Elijah. When you read the story of Elijah, you see from 1 Kings chapter 17, a man who just, it, it, it almost feels like he came out of nowhere. Oh, but very quickly, you knew about him. He came to the nation and he called, he called the nation to repentance. He confronted the king Ahab right to his face. He closed the heavens up with a prayer and said, there will be no rain. He ate food. He consumed food that was given to him by ravens. The supernatural, his whole life was surrounded by the supernatural. He gave food to a woman who was ready to die. And as she obeyed what he said, they never lacked anymore. She and her son. He brought back the son back to life as he prayed over that son who had died. He prayed over and the boy's breath came back into him. He confronted Ahab and the prophets. He commanded the rain later on to come down again. He commanded fire from him. We're seeing and talking here about a superhero who seems to have no equal, no equal. And so it is that on one particular day, having destroyed the prophets of the, uh, uh, of the enemies, uh, the evildoers, prophets of Baal, that Jezebel, who was married to Ahab and therefore in leadership of the nation, sent a message to Elijah saying to him, may the gods do to me and even worse so if I don't kill you by this time tomorrow. May the gods do to me, her gods, may they do what he has done to her prophet, or even worse, if she doesn't kill him by tomorrow. She says who she is, she says what she's going to do, and she puts a date on it. Now, why do you think Elijah responded to that sudden terror, to that sudden moment? Well, the Bible tells us, First Kings chapter 19 and verse 3 says, And he was afraid, and he ran into the wilderness, and in fact, he left his servants there. And that is such a surprising shift and turn and twist because you would have thought this man who's done mighty things would stand in the face of fear and terror and deal with it, but he couldn't. In fact, in the fourth verse, he actually says to God, you know, he asks to die. He says to God, it is enough. He says to God, would you take my life? He says to God, I am no better than my father's. And what we're seeing when we read that is the effect of sudden fear in the life of a person who suddenly gives up. In other words, it doesn't matter how much you're a quote, quote, super Christian. This happens to everyone, but we can, we can overcome it by the grace of God. We can overcome it by the grace of God. But for us in these days, particularly, we're talking about the fear of the news, things are happening, the plague and pandemic that is going on around. It is the fear of losing the job, the fear of being furloughed, which you then think, well, what's going to happen after that? And these things can begin to bring fears into one's life. The fear of losing a loved one, fear of a life and and the lifestyle completely changing, fear of loss of confidence and prospects for the future, things that we have planned. Well, how does one overcome fears? And I'm going to say, number one, learn to look upward. Learn to look, we have to look upward. We have to shift our gaze and turn there. Like the Bible says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord. The Lord is our helper. The Lord is our helper. And so the call therefore is to look upwards. How does one do that? Well, actually it involves speaking to God. It's speaking to God, what the Bible calls prayer. Speaking to God and uh, speaking from the heart. Not just learned prayers or memorized prayers, not just repetitions of old prayers, but really searching one's heart and then speaking to God in the way that you're being completely open and honest and vulnerable with your maker. Because strength is going to come as you create that path for the Lord's spirit to flow right through and for strength to come back, to be revived for another day, to speak to God. And I'm saying that because when you read the story of Elijah, actually, the Bible says when he had run away, God went into the wilderness, and God came to him in the form of an angel and said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? 
And I'm going to suggest to you, God, in asking him that question, is not looking for information. He's actually looking for a conversation. He wants him to speak out. And you and I, in times of fear, we need to learn, speak to God. Have we? Because we can think we're praying about it, but we're actually not. We need to learn to pour it out before the Lord. And I love the fact that Elijah begins to speak to God. And in speaking to God, God never once says, oh, would you suck it up and stop complaining? Would you have more faith? None of that. In fact, you read the whole story. God took care of him and protected him. God loved him and restored him. It involves speaking. It involves singing to God. I'll encourage to learn to sing those songs that mean so much to you. Truths from the Bible set to music that you learn to let it flow from inside you. It's amazing how healing, how strength giving that it can be. That when the psalmist says, at all times I will bless him. And his praise will continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. The humble man will hear of him. The afflicted will be glad. Oh, come with me. Let us magnify the Lord together. For I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. He delivered me from all my fears. When you read that in the Psalms, uh, these are not just uh, words or poems. These are songs written. He sang them to God. How do we, how do we look up? We speak to the Father. We sing truths that begin to revive our spirits as we worship the Father. We seek the Father as we look through the scriptures because he's going to speak to us through that. And then we learn to declare the word of God that whatever truth he is given, we align our own words with his own words and we learn to speak it. It's not about dram dramatically declaring as much as it is a fortified conviction of the spirit. I know my redeemer lives and therefore he will take me through this. And learning to then say that out is a very powerful thing to declare, to declare truth. Well, that's the first thing to learn to look upwards. Secondly, I'm going to say this, look outwards. Look out because there will have been people and friends, even there in your church community, people that God has put in your life. This is the time for you to lean into, for you to rest into, for you to know them and let them speak into your own life back. I find it interesting that not just did the angel come to help him, uh, the angel came to feed him and protect him and took care of him. And don't be, you know, you might just find the Lord send angels to you unawares. They're going to look in the form of, ah, normal people. But the Lord is doing something through them to feed you, to calm you. Because they know you. And they're there for you. And they love you. And they've known you before now. Therefore, they know how to take care of you. Because there is a journey in the relinquishing and getting rid of fear. There is a journey often involved until you get fully healed and you get back. To the right place. You want to learn to look upwards. You want to learn to look outwards. You want to learn to look forwards. That as you look forward, I'm saying there is this. When God came to Elijah, actually he was in a cave, and God, the Bible tells us God came, but it says, but but there was a wind. But God was not in the wind. Because God said to him, Go stand in a place and you see what you see. The wind came, but God was not in the wind. And then the earthquake came, God was not in the earthquake. And then a voice came. But the voice, that, in fact, fire came next. And God was not in the fire. And then a voice came. But when the voice came, unlike what most of us expect, it was not the voice of God in a grand earth-shattering way, actually. It was a still, small whisper. It was a whisper that comes from God. I love something I was just thinking about recently that... Imagine a man standing on a field a hundred miles round about him. And he's been told God is coming. And you hear the thundering of footsteps as they're coming forth and coming. Now, there's a degree of fear that begins to grab that person as your frame begins to shake, as you think, my goodness, I know it's God, but now I'm, fear I'm fearful. And then all of a sudden, there's a tap on the shoulder. He looks behind and there's a voice that says, I'm here. God coming to man is closer to that. I'm here. When Jesus came, he came not in a big grand way but was born in a stable. No one would have expected it. When I talk about looking forward, 
you need to know that there is a still small voice, the voice of God through the Bible, through preaching, through logging in like this, into uh, listening to the preaching, the word of the Lord, that you begin to feel it's like he's talking to me. It's like he's, it's like he's directly talking to only me. The Holy Spirit would do that. And when that voice comes, it brings hope. It brings joy. It brings, it brings a, a conviction that God has everything in hand and God will take care of you. And actually, that's why I would say that if you're here and you're watching this today, and maybe you don't have a relationship with God, you know about Him, but you don't really know Him. And you're like, it's, it's like that guy is talking like he knows God on a personal basis. And that's the point. You can know God on a personal basis. And if that's you, I will say this. To pray the way I and countless number of Christians have prayed and come into a relationship with God. It was simple prayer like, God, forgive me my sins. I, have co I come to you. I need you in my life. I turn my life over to you. Would you lead me and guide me? I pray. A combination of, such, of those words, as long as the heart is truly seeking, you will find the Lord begin to move into your life and set you up on a journey for salvation. For the rest of us who do know the Lord and who love the Lord and who may be, be facing some kind of fears, I want to close by telling you this. Do not be afraid. For the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear but a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind do not be afraid of the terror that flies by day or the pestilence that is out there by night and so I want to pray and declare it over you that because the Lord is your shepherd that he will keep you he will protect you he will provide for you in the name of Jesus that you will not be anxious about anything you will not be fearful about anyone in Jesus name that the Lord will not let your foot be caught and you will not fear any sudden terror but that the Lord may he let his peace that surpasses all understanding come into your life and into your home and breathe peace and bring the presence of God to reside permanently with you. May you be protected. May he preserve you. May the Lord provide for you. And then may your homes be places of singing and of joy and of rest and of laughter in the name of the Lord, that your life becomes so decorated, it becomes a, a, a message for those who do not know the Lord, that you may point them to him in the name of the Lord. Sudden fear need not be a part of your life. It may come, but it can be refuted in Jesus' name. Well, may the Lord bless you and keep you. It's been a joy sharing with you. God bless King's Alps. Thank you so much, Toppy. It's been great to hear from you this morning. And if there's anything that Toppy has covered which has kind of touched your heart or uh, provoked you in some way uh, and you'd like to talk more about those things or to pray with someone, then do feel free to click the live prayer button on your screen and someone will be able to connect with you about that. Um, or also join us for coffee and chat afterwards in the Zoom room. Link is also on the screen. And again, kind of, it's just good to talk with people, isn't it, about what we've just kind of seen and heard and how God is touching our hearts. Also, if you don't know Jesus yet and you're looking to explore a relationship with him, I would love to encourage you to do that. Seeing many people's lives being completely changed from it, it's just such an incredible thing to do. Yeah. yeah, so again, click on uh, the live prayer button and somebody will be able to talk to you about uh, exploring a relationship with him. Well, the kind of service is pretty much over as we um, sort of leave each other's company in a weird way, so to speak. I'd be really encouraging you to be going with a prayer in your heart about um, what is it that God is speaking to you about this week? In what ways can you share his hope uh, with, the, with the community around you? I mean, what ways can you share his love with those around you and so just uh, I'd encourage you to get some time um, to be listening to him to be praying and crying out to him um, and just seeing what he has for us this week well like we said do join us for uh, coffee and cake afterwards uh, if you'd like to we've been doing loads of baking this week we I've been doing loads of baking this yeah, week. Yeah, we've been doing lots of eating this week. Bromins been doing lots of baking this week. Grab your, grab your coffee and cake. Um, join us afterwards for a while uh, and we'll either see you there or we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>